Hello, fans. I'm Brian. And I'm Caitlin. And this is... Domestic Debates. Ding, ding, ding. list after this conversation hello fans and welcome to another episode of domestic, domestic debates, debates the down-to-earth podcast where we discuss matters of the heart and opinion yeah that's my line oh sorry <laughs> sorry i get crossed domestic debates is the down-to-earth podcast where disagreements are encouraged opinions are respected and beliefs are challenged in our quest to understand the other side as always if you like this episode, please share it with a friend. Tell everybody how much you love us and how great we are. Right. We're awesome. Just ask us. We'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So do you want to introduce the topic today, babe? Tonight we are talking about hunting. Hunting, is it ethical? Should you do it? You know, how do we feel about it? Yeah. And today to help us with this topic, we have John. Hi, John. Hi, Caitlin. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. And hello, Brian, as well. I got to tell you, John, you got a voice for radio. You have one of those golden voices, and it's making me a little bit jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. I, on the other hand, have a face for radio, so. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I do as well. No worries. <laughs> All right, uh, John, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? All right. Well, I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I grew up in uh, the rural uh, parts of Pennsylvania, about 30 miles or so, I would say, uh, east of the city of Pittsburgh. And uh, growing up, uh, my brother and I did spend a lot of time in the woods. In fact, my brother is still a very avid hunter. Uh, once I moved, left Pennsylvania and moved to Phoenix, I really kind of dropped hunting. I, I still do uh, some occasional fishing, uh, but the hunting, you know, I don't know if it was just because I moved from more of a woodsy type area to more of the desert type area. I just got away from it, but uh, I am a hunting advocate. Uh, I do have a podcast. It's not hunting related or anything like that, uh, but the the website is saywhatyouwillradio.com. I got, uh, there's three podcasts now. Uh, one is uh, just kind of a lighthearted comedy, odd news podcast, uh, my personal podcast, The John Smith Show. Uh, that's a political podcast. And my son is now starting a sports podcast. So that's it. That's about uh, it. I'm 49 years old and uh, on the keto diet. So there you go. Probably more than you more than you want to know. <laughs> That sounds like you've got your hands full on top of being edgy from not eating, you know, carbs. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we did the keto diet and yeah, it was it was awful. I hated it. Yeah, I lost a bunch of weight and then I ate a crouton and I gained 45 pounds. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's a lifestyle. You can't. It's not like a temporary thing, you know. Yeah, that's cool that you have all that going on. Do you? work as well, like a full-time job or is, is podcasting your whole thing? No, I wish it was, but I do have a full-time job. Um, uh, 
I'm in sales. So I'm very busy Monday through Friday. Oh. I, and uh, I also, uh, I'm on the elder board of my church as well. So I do the technical side. I do all the recording and video uh, for the church. Um, I also handle the money of the church and I fill in uh, when my pastor's out to give messages. So yeah. Wow. Busy. Yeah, really busy. You're making me feel like an underachiever. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. My hat's off to you. I mean, that is, sounds like you've got your hands even more full than I had previously suspected. Uh, I don't know. That's, that's a lot going on. So very happy you made the time for us. Oh yeah, of course. Anytime. I like to do, I like to get on to other people's podcasts because, you know, you do the same one week in and week out and day in and day out. It's nice to talk to other podcasters and find out what else is going on out there. Oh yeah. I love it. It's definitely a nice break from uh, all the heavy stuff we talk about. This topic for tonight, hunting is I think we're all going to kind of slightly disagree on Caitlin. If I'm not mistaken, you are, you don't understand hunting, do you? Um, I mean, I understand it from what I've been told. I don't like it at all. I'm very against, I wouldn't say I'm very against hunting. Cause it's the same thing with like abortion. Like personally I'm against it, but you know, I'm not going to sit there in the streets and tell people, you know, I'm not going to like, protests outside of abortion clinics and tell people they're sinners and they're going to help. I'm pretty sure you told me you would divorce me if I started hunting. Yeah, I did. So. I did say that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the tolerant right over here. I mean, the the difference is that personally, I'm very against hunting in my own life and you're part of my life, but I get why other people do it. And that's, you know, that's up to them. I just don't, I can't, I don't know. You saw Bambi when you were a kid. I get it. I mean, probably that's probably it's where the, this you, stems from. It's the from. typical millennial. You saw Bambi. You're like, ah, Bambi's mom's dead. And then <laughs> now you're just anti-hunting altogether. You'd rather your food be raised in slaughterhouses, which I understand. That's one way to do it. Well, I mean, technically, I'm not really eating meat anymore. I'm trying to go back on that. I forgot. Pick. It's been a week since you've had any meat. So, yeah, you're. Hey, don't don't. Don't be that way. Okay. okay? I spent, no. I spent a lot now. of time You're above me. I'm a lowly meat eater. I never said that, you know, to each their own. Who cares? Yeah. I don't know who that was in response to. I don't know, but it <laughs> applies to both of us. Yeah. John, it's my understanding from our previous conversation, you have hunted and are pro hunting, right? Yes, absolutely. Previous conversation. <laughs> yeah. Like five minutes ago. <laughs> what about you, babe? Uh, I have, I, for those who don't know, I work at a gun store. I sell guns all day long, seven days a week. And I am absolutely 100% pro hunting. Uh, I have never actually gone out and been hunting. I have killed some nuisance creatures and I have no problem with it, but I've never, you know, woken up at three in the morning and doused myself in deer piss and climbed into a tree. <laughs> um, the last time I tried to do that, I fell asleep. So I wouldn't recommend putting. Uh, deer urine on you you can put it maybe in the trees or hang it around and spread it on a bush i thought that's how it was done no because you could get a a buck that's in the rut and come up and destroy you oh god the last thing you want the buck to think is that you're a female like a doe i would hate the buck <laughs> to be in my rut i really would <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would strongly advise you don't put the urine on yourself. Oh, man. Oh, man. I always wanted to do that. Yeah. I want to be like Rambo, <laughs> covered in deer piss. 
<laughs> no, so I mean, I just I don't know. We're all kind of on the same page with what we believe. We all feel differently about it slightly. Let's start with you, Caitlin. Why are you so vehemently anti-hunting? Um, yeah, so I just want to make it clear. Just want to state it again. Okay. I'm vehemently anti-hunting in my own life, um, but it has nothing to do with what, you know, everybody else do you. I'm not going to judge anybody who's a hunter. I just personally don't understand it. I think it's, it just seems so cruel to me because I just... I think part, I think you're right. I know you're making a joke, but I think you're right. I think part of it stems from just like watching Bambi as a child and all those like Disney movies with talking animals. But I just always put myself in their situation. And I'm like, how would I feel if I'm just sitting there eating my like my French fries or something? And then somebody just like some deer comes up and shoots me in the head and then drags me off to like its little deer den and like feeds me to it. I would be so upset. I don't think you would even notice. You'd be dead. I know, but like, I don't know. I just feel bad. It feels wrong to kill anything that um, is innocent, that didn't do anything to you. So like if a bear breaks into your house and is trying to like tear you to pieces, shoot it. Like, I don't care about that. But just going into like the deer's home and killing it just seems so wrong. It's like minding its own business and stuff. I don't know if deers have homes necessarily. I mean, they roam the woods, but I don't think they have a like a home they're transient creatures well i don't mean like home home like i just meant like where they live my house is my home the deer's the forest is the deer's home so ah gotcha yeah so i guess i can understand that you know what i mean yeah i wouldn't feel too too good if something just walked up to me and then killed me and ate me but at the same time there's more to hunting than just deer it's not just deer. I'm just using deer as an example because it's the most common where we're at. Okay. My, I I understand your opinions behind it, but you have no problem. Like up until recently, you've had no problem eating meat that was killed in other means, right? It's just mm-hmm. the fact that somebody went out there and, and harvested an animal and then is eating it on their own accord. You have a problem with, but not eating animals I think, in general. So the difference there is um, I don't actually, my problem with hunting is not, people who hunt to feed their families. That doesn't really bother me so much. Like I, it makes sense if someone wants to go out there, hunt to get food, feed their families, you know, it, it's, it's better for some people who um, it's like more affordable for some people, stuff like that. That's fine. I guess that the part that really bothers me more is hunting for sport. Okay. Even if you are eating it, like just going out there to like have fun and like it being like, it just, I don't know. It's like so messed up to me. Like I don't, yeah, hunting for sport is what really bothers me. And that kind of brings me over to like the my issue with trophies. Like the on top of like it's like adding insult to injuries. So not only are you going out there to kill something for fun, you're like disrespecting it by putting its carcass on your wall as some kind of like trophy. So I guess it just feels so weird to me. I don't I don't understand that. Like, I don't know. All I mean, all valid points from somebody who's not really an outdoorsy person. John, what do you have to say? Well, first of all, um, I would say the vast majority of the people that hunt do it for both both the meat as well as the sport. I don't know personally many people that just hunt for the sport. In other words, they kill an animal and then they just leave it to rot in the woods. I don't know how often that happens. I think that might be uh, maybe some propaganda against hunters, but uh, I do know people that hunt 
but they they themselves don't eat uh, the animal that they kill, but they do donate it. For example, the Red Cross uh, does take uh, donations, a lot of donations during deer season. Uh, in fact, if you hit one with an animal, or I mean, with, you hit an animal with a car, a lot of times uh, that meat will get donated uh, to organizations like the Red Cross or to um, uh, homeless shelters, things of that nature, where they use the meat to feed people that are underprivileged. Uh, and uh, so I, I don't necessarily buy into the fact that there's people that are just walking around shooting things and just leaving them to die. In fact, if they are doing that, then I'm opposed to that. That doesn't make sense to me. If, if you want to if you want to go around shooting things, there's plenty of targets you can purchase um, and you can shoot other things, uh, beer bottles, beer cans, targets, whatever you want to shoot. You don't necessarily have to take a life for no reason. Uh, so I would say that I'm opposed to that. I don't think it happens very often. Uh, as far as hanging a trophy on a wall, uh, hunting is very difficult. It's not it's not easy. It's not like you just wake up in the morning, strap on your 3030 or your 30-06 or your 407, whatever you're going to hunt with that day. And you decide, or I'm sorry, 270 maybe, maybe is what I meant to say. And you walk, you just don't walk out into the woods, uh, walk up on a herd of deer and just start shooting. That's not how it works. You have to track them. Uh, you have to, normally you've got to be up and in the woods very early, uh, 5 a.m., 5.30 a.m. And you could sit there the entire deer season, you have to kind of track them. You've got to put a stand up. You maybe have to build a blind depending on what state you live in, depending on what you're hunting. And uh, you may hunt your entire life and never get a deer. You may, you know, uh, it's, it's not simple. Uh, so for those of those of us who have hunted for many years and you finally get a buck, if it's a nice one, um, then I have no problem, especially if you're eating the meat because I mean, the deer itself that you're hanging on the wall is merely its skin. It's no different than wearing a pair of leather shoes or a purse or a leather jacket. It's just the hide of the animal on a plastic form. So, you know, you hang it in your room. It's not like you walk, you know, your house, you don't walk around with it, uh, you know, in public saying, hey, look what I did. No, you hang it in your own home as a reminder of, your achievement. So that's where I stand. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. It, it actually, Caitlin, when you say it's insulting or adding insult to injury to, to hang an animal that you've harvested on your wall, to me, it's more insulting wearing them on your feet and like getting a nice alligator purse or a leather, whatever. A lot of people have this double standard where they have no problem buying something where that's been done already, but they would, you know, with something like a head is in their face. It just makes them think more about it than other things where you wouldn't normally think about it. I mean, everything leather is made from well, something living. I agree with that. I don't personally, I don't have any animal um, product clothes. And so I don't have anything that's leather. Everything I have is like fake except for my Uggs, but I did the research on those before I got them and um, they get their, their sheepskin from butchers that are already killing the animals for meat. So it's not like they're specifically being killed for, you know, so to that, I was like, well, if they're already dead. I mean, six and one half dozen the other. Either you're killing the animal for the meat and mm -hmm. then harvesting its its uh, its skin or making mm -hmm. a bust of it or having a mount made. 
the end result is the same. An animal has still been killed and you're just, to me, uh, trophy, not so much trophy hunting, but mounting a trophy from a big buck or a, a nice deer that you've taken is more respectful than just not doing anything with it. The, hunting is, uh, it, uh, just like John was saying, it's very difficult to do. And it's almost a very intimate thing when you harvest an animal, you you gut it, you get it butchered, you consume it and eat it. It's paying respect to the animal that has allowed you to do that and allowed you to have that sport, pastime, tradition, and nutrients as a reminder to you. Is it though? I mean, yeah, I get the the point of being proud of like your achievements and your accomplishments. Like, I understand that part of uh, displaying trophies and you know t- making like taxidermy out of the animals that you kill. Like I get that. I've always kind of understood that, but it just, it's still really weird to me. I don't, I don't know. Okay. I just like, like, you know, we had a a neighbor who had a, they had like a two bedroom apartment and one of the bedrooms was entirely like animals that the guy had killed and like stuffed. And it was just crazy. And I couldn't even be in the room because there's just so many of them. It was distressing. But I don't, I mean, I don't you just know. gotta understand that that is a that is a paradigm shift in his thinking. Mm-hmm. You see a, a room full of dead animals. That is a lifetime of that man's memories. That yeah. is a lifetime of his achievements. But some of the things you're saying are mm-hmm. like, okay, if it's if there's a sense of pride to it and you're you're like proud that you did some yeah. of the stuff was like a fish or like something small, like a you know, squirrels and stuff, like things that I wouldn't say are necessarily like harder to hunt than per se a deer which is definitely requires more skill so for those who don't know we randomly met this guy and how would you know because there's no way you could know <laughs> we randomly met this guy outside of our apartment fireworks were going off and we were drinking beers and him and his girlfriend were like hey you want to come back to our place and you know have a couple of drinks and i was like sure as long as you don't murder us and the first thing this guy did was like check out all these animals i killed and he brought us into this what their spare bedroom and she's not lying it was full of mounts and fish and uh literally dozens of animals and when i'm saying that there's a shift in thinking all you saw was dead animals he was like i've known you for five minutes let me show you all my achievements you know what i mean well his is different too because he was a bow hunter which is definitely he has something for killing everything i feel like that's more more skillful too than shooting with the i don't know i don't hunt john what do you hunt with Uh, I was a rifle hunter and, uh, my brother was a bow and he also used uh, a flintlock, like a muzzle loader, like, like a musket. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's significantly harder to hunt with a bow and a muzzle loader. And that's why they have like early bow and early muzzle loading and then late bow and late muzzle loading. It's to, it's more of a challenge and it, it gives you more of an advantage. They give you more time as a hunter to be able to fill your tags. So I have a question, John. Um, do you think more people um, like get into hunting because of like for the sport of it, um, you know, like they get into it for the sport of it, but they're also eating the meat just because like, why not? Or do you think they get into it because they want the meat and then start enjoying the sport of it? I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, I think if you're a hunter, I don't think, um, unless you come from a hunting family, most people don't get into hunting unless they were raised around. At least that, that seems to be my perception. I could be totally wrong on that. 
but I think it's more of a lifestyle. I just think uh, if your dad's a hunter, he's going to raise you to be a hunter. Uh, you know, I because I f- fell out of it, um, I didn't raise my kids to be hunters, and neither one of them are. Now I do go fishing, and uh, and both of my kids love to go fishing. So it's, I just think it's something that you grow up with. But I think there's definitely the sport because yeah, you're out. It's, it is a sport. I mean, it, it's, it requires a lot of research and a lot of work. And not only do you have to be able to find the deer and be able to be quiet enough for the deer to get close enough to shoot, but you also have to be able to shoot the deer and there's uh, psychological, um, emotions that run through your mind when you're looking through a scope or you're ready to draw your bow uh, because you are realizing that you are in about a flash of a second about to take the life of a, of a, you know, a, a live being. And a lot of people will get to the point where they're right there and they can't pull the trigger or they do it. They, they maybe kill an animal one time and that's it for them because they can't handle, uh, lack of a better word, the trauma of taking a life. So, it really, I mean, if you're an avid hunter, it's very much the sport. But like I said, if you're only killing to kill and you're leaving dead bodies in the woods, uh, I think you need to reevaluate the situation because there are a lot of people out there that could benefit from your kill. And I think to show respect to that animal, I think the animal should be eaten. I don't agree with what we did uh, to the buffalo. Uh, when we first founded the country, I think that was horrible what they did. I mean, basically they would skin them and then leave the body out in the middle of the field, the prairie to rot. And uh, I think that's a mistake. I think people that hunt endangered species, I think that's ridiculous. I mean, come on. That's, it just doesn't make sense to me. I think that's where maybe your ego is bigger than your brain. Uh, But uh, for 99% of the hunters that just go out to hunt, I think it's a, I think they do it for the sport, but they also do it for the meat, whether it's themselves directly or others. I I would agree with John. Yeah. I I think it's regional. We live in upstate New York and hunting isn't as big here as it would be in other parts of the country where, you know, generations of family, generations of a family family, have hunted because they've they it's tradition they had to hunt way back in the day mm-hmm. uh we in upstate mm-hmm. new york we live in a region mostly of newer immigrants you know that nobody's been here for 200 years and the need to hunt isn't there and therefore it hasn't been passed down from generation to generation like it would be in arkansas or tennessee or north carolina or different parts of the country where people have just stayed in one spot for longer and passed down different traditions just like anything else, you don't see a whole lot of moonshine being made in upstate, upstate New York, but there's in regions of the country <laughs> where it's been passed down and the knowledge has been handed off from generation to generation to generation. You'll see it more and more. I think hunting's pretty big up here. It's not as big. At, the type of hunter you get here in upstate New York is different than you get in the rest of the country. Yeah. Okay. So like that makes sense. Most hunters in the rest of the country are outdoorsmen. Like they're outdoorsy people. They they hunt, they fish, they have camps, they go boating, they do a whole bunch of other outdoorsy stuff. In upstate New York, what we have are old Italian men who just go out and kill a deer once a year because it's just what they do. 
Hmm. I mean, it's just true. Interesting. I I don't know about that, but I mean, I work. I don't know enough to argue with you about it, but it doesn't sound right. I I think where I disagree with both of you guys is I understand the sport of hunting. I have no problem with any form of hunting. I really don't. So uh, nuisance hunting is huge across the country right now. And I don't, which is literally where you just kill stuff and leave dead bodies. I don't have a problem with it as long as they're nuisance animals. I wouldn't recommend doing that with, you know, deer or, but like feral hogs. Absolutely. Is deer a nuisance animal? They're becoming a nuisance animal. But... Yeah, because they're so dangerous. Yeah. Well, they also uh, destroy your yeah, shrubs. Yeah, I'm thinking more nuisance, like, yeah, I like crops and stuff and like dangerous, like animals that could kill people. Right, there's invasive species. A lot of accidents, which is dangerous. So in parts mm-hmm. of Texas and, and down south, you have feral hogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Asian carp as a fish. Mm-hmm. Those are nuisance creatures. You have... Um, there's a host of other ones that escape me. I don't know. I'm not a hunter, but there are, there are literally farms that will pay you to, or, or at least let you do it for free to come and hunt feral hogs mm-hmm. because they just breed and breed and breed and mm-hmm. destroy more and more crops. And it costs more and more money, um, which gives you the chance to, you know, hunting, it gives you a chance to do a different kind of hunting. Mm-hmm. Whereas hunting deer, you got to, you know, camouflage yourself, wake up early, sit in a tree, wait for the right moment, wait for the the right buck to come in and shoot it. Feral hog hunting, you can like, they're like, yep, we don't care. Kill them however you want. So you can literally like helicopter with night vision and machine guns and, and gun down as, as many feral hogs you can. And they're like, yep, come back next time. We'll do it again. And you're okay with that. I'm okay with that because the, the benefit from preserving them outweighs the cost of preserving them, if that makes any sense. They're not, and the ecology wasn't necessarily designed for those feral hogs. Uh, if to use your example, they they weren't there indigenously. They were brought in, and uh, they like he uh, um, like you said they they uh, procreate at a very high rate, and they are destroying crops. They go in and they eat roots and uh, and things like that, and they they destroy crops. So if they weren't meant to be there via mother nature, then, you know, they're destroying the ecology. Not only are they, you know, they were killing the food that the animals that do belong there are supposed to eat. Uh, you think about the tiger fish uh, or whatever it's called, the lion fish, maybe whatever it's called, that ugly fish. Uh, there's millions of them now in the Atlantic ocean and they weren't supposed to be there and they're killing other fish by the millions. And so, you if you see one of those they want you know they want you to kill those they don't right. if you catch one on your line they don't want you to release it back into the water they want you to kill it uh same with the anacondas down in florida what? those things are just kill they're killing animals like crazy in the everglades and they're not supposed to be there uh we've got mountain lions here in arizona that will come up and literally take a baby uh a, a baby horse right out of the the womb of a pregnant mother and uh yeah so so there's a see that that a lot of people that are anti-hunting don't look at it from the perspective of what we're trying to do is to thin herds and to eliminate uh alien species if you will not alien you know from outer space but 
like species foreign. that don't belong there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, foreign species. There you go. And so there's a science to it as well. It's just like bringing the wolves back into Yellowstone. Uh, when they when they killed off all the wolves, then they had a mass overpopulation of elk and of mule deer and uh, bison and everything. When they reintroduced the wolves that were supposed to be there in the first place, now the e- ecosystem is back to what it's supposed to be. I mean, I guess there's more to it than just there's more to it than just going out in the woods and, and getting your rocks off by shooting a deer. I mean, um, right? Water. I mean, waterfowl hunting, hunting like uh, duck or geese. It's a challenge. They're aerial creatures. I mean, you have to be. You have to get let them get close to you. You can't approach them. It's a lot of waiting. It's a it's a big challenge, and it looks to me like a lot of fun. It's it's not easy to do. You got to calm and get closer. There's a lot of skill involved, and then on top of that, they taste mm-hmm. they're tasty. So it's developing a skill and having a tasty snack. Yeah, I mean that's right. And you have to shoot a duck out of the sky. You cannot shoot a duck that's on the ground or in a pond. Right. It has to be shot shot out of the sky, and they're extremely brilliant animals. Uh, so you have to be completely camouflaged and know how to use a duck call to bring them in. It's it's a very difficult sport. Right, and around here, I mean, uh, I don't know what the laws are in the rest of the country. In New York State, at least, I think it might even be federal law. I think it is federal law. For waterfowl, you can only have three rounds in your shotgun. Who polices that? Uh, NCON and it's actually it's very heavily regulated like if they if NCON catches you uh, and you have four rounds in your shotgun or you have six rounds in your rifle they can literally take everything that doesn't even make any sense they can take your gun they can take your truck they can take your deer they can take it all that doesn't make sense that's stupid I'm just telling you how it is the laws are so stupid around guns you like you it's a federal law you can't have a loaded long gun inside your vehicle or else it's poaching right so, but even if you lean your loaded gun up against your vehicle, they consider that in your vehicle and they can confiscate your gun. Why do they care if you have three rounds or not? You can shoot the three rounds and just reload more. What's the difference between it's, that it's and having It's to four? keep, so way back in the day, there was uh, people overhunted certain things. And one of those things was waterfowl. Yeah. So they would wait until there's a whole, I don't know what the proper term is, the, a whole gaggle of geese on a lake Mm -hmm. and they would take these giant big long they're called punt guns and they're like picture a shotgun that's more like a cannon and they would just go and blast all of them out of the water and then they would go in the boat and chuck them all in the boat so to give them more of a chance and be more sporting they only gave you three you know three rounds in your semi-auto or pump action shotgun Mm -hmm. or obviously two rounds in your over under a side-by-side shotgun and it's just to give them a little bit more of a a chance and keep over you know over hunting yeah so with that said that's in the u.s if you go to um you can take trips to argentina Mm -hmm. which if you don't know is one of the most southern countries in the world and geese are almost like an invasive species they're everywhere and you can go there's guys who go down there and they'll shoot 500 a day and they'll just continue shooting them people pay to do that because it's it's a challenge it's a lot of fun but i mean imagine looking up and seeing all these targets of opportunity. I mean, it's. I feel like you'd be really good at that. I don't know. I mean, you're, you're good at like clay pigeons. I mean, there's people probably better than me, but Hey, I mean, yeah. But So I think <laughs> a lot of the, a lot of the, um, the opinion on this matter comes from people who 
you're going to get a varying opinion depending on where you are in the world and how you were raised in the country, Mm -hmm. which I think is like everything else in the world. But I don't think hunting is immoral or wrong. I mean, it's we wouldn't be here where we are today without hunting. Mm-hmm. It's so ingrained into our country and our foundation, and it's ingrained into uh, humans as a culture. We're omnivores. We eat vegetables, plants, and meat. There's a reason for that. That's how we've gone for thousands and thousands of years. So to slap something so ingrained in our DNA in the face and say, no, that's wrong, seems a little counter counterproductive. If we get to a point uh, where, uh, you know, we've already seen it with the pandemic and how quick they are to close stores and shut down the the government, they're very quick to do that. Uh, I can guarantee you that those who are opposed to hunters and people that fish will rely on those who hunt and fish sometime possibly in the future. And I'm not, I'm not a doomsdayer. I'm not one who uh, thinks, you know, the world's going to be taken over by zombies and that type of stuff. But all I'm saying is that there's a good chance we've seen it with toilet paper. We've seen it with disinfectant wipes. We've seen it a beef shortage. We've seen shortages this year in 2020 that we've never seen before. Now let's take that, uh, you know, to the, the next level. And is there a chance where, grocery stores will be empty. Are there chances where uh, you're not going to just be able to go down to your local uh, grocery store or your local Walmart to stock up on stuff? And so not knowing how to hunt or being opposed to hunting could potentially put you and your family in danger someday. You never know. You you don't know that situation. So uh, I, I think, uh, you know, I think America needs to kind of reevaluate their view on hunters and realize that, yeah, this is maybe something, maybe this is a skill that I should learn. Maybe, maybe I don't have to do it right now, but maybe, you know, who knows what the future holds. I don't want to starve to death. I know that. And you're not going to get protein, enough protein, uh, unless you're eating the meat. Right. I feel like obviously opinions of a lot of people will change as soon as they start getting hungry. And that goes for anything, you know, Oh, I'm, I'm vehemently against hunting until you haven't had anything to eat in three days. Then you're going to be like, you know what? Hunting doesn't seem that, that bad, but it's the, (laughs) and I'm not one of those doomsday people either, but the, the eventual societal collapse of the United States, it could happen in our lifetime. And having as many, a broad array of skills as you can, can only benefit you. And that goes for, you know, the same type of person that can fix their own car, gather their own food, hunt their own food, raise livestock. You're going to get much further than somebody who relies on somebody else to do all of those things for them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And I'm not, I'm not saying that um, I'm against hunting just personally i don't you know as as it stands now i'm not really into it and i don't need to do it um but i would have no problem hunting if it meant like feeding my family or surviving like that's not really where i draw the line i guess the sport of it you know what i mean is what bothers it bothers me more than like the practicality of it so do you think uh caitlin do you think there's a lot of people that actually go out just merely for the sport of it I mean, I I did want to make a 
distinction because you did say earlier that you don't think there's a lot of people that go out there just to kill and like leave the animal. I don't think there are either. I, I never really considered that to be um, like an issue. I think a lot of people do hunt for the sport a bit, um, but I don't really know as much about um, the just to get food. Like, I don't know. I think I've known a lot more people and I don't know them very well, but I, I'm passing. I feel like I know a lot more people who've hunted that are way more like into the sport of it. And it's a lot less about the food for them. I think it's more about the sport. So I would, yeah, I would think more people that hunt probably do it for the sport and having the meat is just like a, a happy, like benefit to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't know that for sure. Um, I know I've been around a lot of hunters. Like I said, my whole life, I grew up with it. And, uh, the hunters that I've known and I've been around and not just family members, but, you know, friends and, and things like that. And other hunters that I've met along my, my journey in life, most of them are very conscientious of the ecosystem. And I've, like I said, uh, I've never met a single person in my life that's killed something and just left it. It's, I've never seen that. Mm -hmm. There's a whole difference in mentality with hunters, you know, fishermen and outdoorsy people in general. And for whatever reason, the, the mainstream kind of almost demonizes, Oh, they're rednecks and they don't know. They don't understand the, the ecosystem and they don't understand they're killing creatures and it's the like the 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 left-wing liberal white mom that's always like no we need to save the earth and save the earth and they end up doing more harm that they don't consider than somebody who is very conscientious of the outdoors the guy who's going out fishing every weekend hunting and hiking he's not the guy that is throwing his trash wherever he is you know, I went to Starbucks today and I saw a big sign in New York, in New York, it's, it's illegal. They cannot give you a plastic straw unless you ask for it, but they give me a plastic mm. stopper in my coffee that I didn't ask for mm -hmm. that is just going to end up in a landfill somewhere for forever. And they're doing this in the whole, oh, we're going to make the world a better place. And you're just trading one thing out for another. I mean, it, it's, if people took more personal responsibility and maybe that includes getting their own food or hunting at least once in their life to actually get a grasp on uh, what they need to further their life. I think it would be better for everybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, as it sits right now, 90% of us, 99% of us get most of our food from uh, the supermarket. And that means those animals are raised in captivity. Those animals are bred literally with hormones just to get as big and fat as they can before they're slaughtered. And then they do more and more mm -hmm. and more. And nobody has a problem with that. I have a problem with that. Yeah, but I, nobody, I mean, everybody says they have a problem with it, but then, you know, you still get something off the dollar menu at McDonald's. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's one thing to say you have a problem oh, with yeah. it. And then another thing to actually disagree with it and do something different. Mm -hmm. So. Well, that's what I find. And that's a great point. And that's what I find with most of your protesters or your, most of your anti this or anti that uh, they're mostly just words. They're against it and they don't want me to do it, but they really don't do anything to actually make an impact in the world. Uh, 
one of the people that I talk about, or one one of the groups of people that I've talked about many times are the anti-whalers that go down. Uh, it was the Sea Shepherd. I don't know if you've ever seen that show before, Whale Wars. Uh, but this was a group of people that would get on a boat, a boat that was not made to be in the Arctic because of the ice and everything. And they would go down there and risk their lives to stop the Japanese whale uh, whalers. Now, I give those guys kudos because they're actually doing something uh to back up what they believe in but to stand uh you know to drive around in your mercedes-benz or your bmw and you you're telling me from a thousand miles away that i shouldn't be allowed to go into the woods to hunt because i'm taking the lives of innocent animals no that's ridiculous these people are the same people in California that are letting their forests uh, overgrow. The undergrowth in many of the California forests and Colorado forests, they haven't been taken care of. And now they're burning down like crazy. I mean, they're, they're just, they're, they're like a book of matches going up because they're not controlled. Right. And they think that they're doing it to save an owl or they're doing it to save some species of animal Meanwhile, uh, millions of acres are being burned up. How's the owl doing now? You know, come on, let's let's not be ridiculous. Uh, there are people, and you know, call us rednecks, call us hillbillies, call us whatever you want to call us. I don't care, uh, but I can guarantee you that we're more eco-conscious than ninety-nine percent of these young elite. Uh, leftists who come out of colleges and never have been in the woods in their life, but they're going to tell me how to manage it. I don't think so. I'm not going to go for that. Well, I'm glad you said that, John, because I was going to. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. And it's definitely better for the environment to go out and like haunt your own food versus getting it from the supermarket who got it from some like animal farm. It's more about personal responsibility. In my eyes, mm -hmm. um, what, what? Yeah, I agree with that. What John just said about California and the wildfires—I 100% agree. There's the mentality that, hey, we, you know, they need to be the undergrowth needs to be taken care of. There needs to be controlled burns to make sure that all the dead stuff goes away, all the dead dry stuff, the little tinder goes away, and leaves the big large trees to you know survive and do whatever trees do. I don't know, but. The the woke left is no we can't we can't burn down the forest, and, and then they leave it right for the entire forest to burn down. It's taking one you know politically correct step forward to take three steps back. It doesn't make any sense, and it's very short sighted. Is that what California's been on fire all year? Yeah, I agree. Yep. Yeah, and millions of homes have been lost, or not millions, thousands of homes have been lost. Uh, people's lives have been destroyed. People have been killed. Uh, what you know, you mentioned the straw. That's very popular in uh, California as well. You can't have a plastic straw, uh, so people are carrying around metal straws that they don't clean. Uh, they're drinking out of dirty metal straws. Plus, people are getting poked in the eyes with them. I mean, it's it's outrageous, and. Uh, <laughs> You know, people, they, they chain themselves to trees and uh, they're these, you know, environmentalist wackos, as I refer to them as. And, you know, they said the spotted owl had to live in these old growth forests. There was no way, a, you know, we were going to destroy the spotted owls. And next thing you know, they're 
they find nests of spotted owls inside the big red K of a Kmart sign. They can live anywhere. I mean, they're, they're owls. As long as there's a bunch of mice, you know, and little rabbits to feed on, owls are going to live wherever they need to live. <laughs> and uh, it, it's just, you have all of these uh, academics telling people like me how to live my life. And uh, that's not going to go over too well. Yeah. I'm not about any telling anybody how to live their life. That's silly. So we've covered hunting for food and for sport. Mm -hmm. How do we feel about, you know, big safari hunting, like hunting elephants or hunting leopards? Yeah, that or... was actually something I wanted to get to. Um, yeah. How do you feel about big game hunting? Because I, I don't understand. I don't think that people who big game hunt are doing it for the food, are they? No, they're doing it purely for the sport. Yeah. But I have some secret information about this. Oh, <laughs> my understanding is the meat is used. So if you go over to Africa now, look, this is something I would never do. I'm not a, I'm not a big game hunter. I, you know, they, a lot of times they'll go to um, like a refuge and these places are fenced in. Um, you know, you might go on an elephant hunt, but the elephant, I mean, come on, if you can't hunt an elephant, I mean, you can drive a Jeep up to it mm -hmm. and shoot it. I, I don't get that. I, you know, if the, if the meat is being wasted, I, I, I don't get it. And I know a lot of elephants uh, are, especially the African elephant, it's becoming endangered. So that's, that kind of goes back to what I said earlier. I don't want, I don't think it makes any sense to go out and kill animals that are endangered. We know, I think it was one of the, either the black rhino or the white rhino doesn't exist anymore because of poachers. I am 100% against poaching. I think that's outrageous. If they're killing elephants, especially, or if they're killing big game and they're not giving the, there's a lot of poverty in Africa. My God, we all know that. Uh, if that meat isn't being used to go to those people, then I am 100% opposed to it. That's just outrageous. It's just like the Japanese that do kill the whales. Um, they say they don't use the meat. They say it's for research, but they take it back to Japan and they feed a lot of people. You can go buy whale meat in the freezer aisle. You know, it's, it doesn't just show up there mysteriously. They it's, it's the whalers that are catching that stuff. So hmm. anyway, I'm all over the place. You guys take <laughs> over for a bit. Um, yeah, like John was saying, so a lot, the, most of the meat that is harvested from say like an elephant hunt is used. Um, it's distributed amongst the locals. I'm going to split this up into like elephant hunting and the rest of Africa hunting. So there are people who poach uh, elephants for their ivory tusks. Mm -hmm. and that is illegal. Mm -hmm. That is illegal in Africa. And that is the main reason why elephants are endangered right now. With that said, I don't have any problem with somebody getting the proper licensing and going to Africa and hunting an elephant if that's what you want to do. You know, I would never do it because I don't have $20,000 to go do it. And also I would have nowhere to put, you know, an elephant mount in my apartment. I feel like those are not good reasons. How about just because it's wrong? I don't, I, I don't think it's wrong in the sport of it. If that's something you want to do, if you have the money to pay to play and you just want to take one of the largest animals on earth and you want to do it for the sport of it and the meat's not going to waste. But there's no sport in killing an elephant. An elephant would be easier to so shoot. So I'm splitting this up. Okay. It is. It's the top of the top. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like hunting a freaking like 
lion or something. So the way I'm thinking of it is you've checked all these boxes. You've killed all these other things, and that's just the last thing you want to kill. I mean, I get it. If you have the price, if you have the money to do it and it is all legal and proper, I don't personally have a problem with it. That's what I don't get. Okay. So hang on. No, I don't. Okay. So the reason, one of the reasons I'm all for it as well is Africa is a very poor country. Parts of Africa are very poor. You have pockets of, you know, normal countries, but there's, that's not where people are hunting elephants and entire local communities are funded by elephant hunts. And it's all done proper and it's all like older elephants and they only do so many a year and they make sure they maintain the proper population. But literally, it is enough to sustain entire communities just on the elephant hunting. So communities are literally – these people would either have to move or they would perish and die from not having any income to these parts of Africa. So to me, I don't know. That doesn't seem like it's all so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, if you do it legally, then I don't see the problem. If you're riding around in a Jeep with an AK 47 and you're just popping elephants because you want to sell the tusk to a drug lord or whatever you do, I don't know. That doesn't jive with me. So as to the rest of Africa hunting, like if you want to hunt, uh, lions or cheetahs or dangerous game, uh, even rhinos, I don't have a problem with that either, as long as you have the proper permits to do it. What I do have a problem with is a lot of these modern African hunts, they're like, oh, yeah, I killed this cheetah. I killed it. So, But what they don't show you is the 30 dudes that are traveling with you armed with AKs in case you miss it. You know what I mean? If you miss it with your two shots, they're there to back you up to make sure that you don't die. I think if you're going to hunt dangerous game, you got to do it alone. And if that animal kills you, then that's on you. You have an equal fight in this. So let's not game it towards you. If I was going to go hunt a lion, I would go by myself and I would probably not come home because I'm not a great hunter. But that is Darwinism and that is life. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a problem with that. And then on top of that, just the the medium game there, like a <laughs> like a, an Ibex or an Impala or a – you're looking at me like you don't know what any of these it animals are. It sounds like are. you're just making those up. Ibex and Impala are real animals, or they have mule deer there an too. Impala, what, like a car? It's named after the animal, believe it or not. I've never, heard not the other way around. Never heard of what's an ibex? An ibex? Yeah, so is the mustang. Yep. Oh, mustang. I knew that. I knew Colt. that. I knew that. Okay. Are these like like deer type animals, like elk, um, gazelle type? So ibex are the ones that have like the the horn straight back. Okay. Uh, they all kind of look like mule deers, but mule deers are a little bit smaller, I believe. What's an impala? Um, I don't know. I don't have. I'd have to draw you a picture. I don't know. All right, go ahead. But they're significantly so. You can be twenty yards away from a deer in New York State, and you guys could not see each other. Mm-hmm. Not the same in parts of Africa. Hunting game on on the plains is 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 more difficult. They don't let you get that close, and the shots are a lot further. You have to be an expert marksman on top of being a good hunter. And I think that that challenge is, is worth letting the animals be taken. It's not something everybody can do. So same with a cheetah. A, if you miss a cheetah, it will kill you. Like I've seen mountain lions around here and, and they are pretty big. A cheetah is really big. I've been next to a lion. I'm like, this thing would tear me in pieces. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think with dangerous game and, and something where a lot more skill is involved, I don't have a problem with it. You just have to – you can't game it. I don't want to go with 47 people to hunt a lion 
I want to go by myself so that when it kills me, everybody will know exactly what happened. <sighs> I don't know. Big game hunting stresses me out. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of any hunting, but at least I can wrap my head around, you know, doing it for food and doing it um, like doing it to sustain your family and doing it because it's a nuisance animal and you're trying to help out. But I don't see elephant hunting as a way to, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I guess, you know, it's good for the African community or whatever, but for the billionaire in New York City who just wants to go kill something really big so he can brag about it, I think that's really shitty, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, the money is going into the economy, so it is feeding people, you know, and I think if you look at it from that perspective, in fact, I don't know where you guys stand politically, um, but uh, I mean, the, the wars that have been going on over in the Middle East uh, have been going on for decades, maybe centuries. And then uh, Donald Trump went in and started talking economics. And all of a sudden, everyone's getting along now over there. Uh, so I think the economies pay a, play a huge role in why there's so many wars. I know uh, religion does, but uh, at, at the same, you know, same token, economies do. And we certainly don't want to see one nation be invaded by another nation simply because their economy fell apart. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't, you know, I, I think to Brian's point, I think that's a brilliant point. When you're dumping 20,000, one guy goes over there and dumps 20 grand into the local economy. That's probably like, you know, maybe 200 grand here in the United States. It's probably means a lot. And so if there are people that are able to eat and people are able to get the medicine that they need, uh, et cetera, the healthcare that they need because of some idiot that lives in New York, go for it. Why yeah, not? Yeah, I made that $20,000 up. I think it's actually significantly more than $20,000. I mean, the point's still there. Yeah, no, I, I'm i just, for those listeners, eagle-eyed listeners out there that are like, no, it costs way more than that. I don't know. I made it up, but it's it's actually way more. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Well, uh, I'd like to ask a few questions before we start wrapping it up. Ask away. All right. So, um, John, who taught you how to hunt? I was taught by uh, my uncle Gary and uh, my brother. Now, my dad was in the military, so he taught me how uh, he familiarized me with with guns. How old were you? Oh, I was when I first got introduced to guns. I was probably ten years okay. old, maybe younger. In uh, in Pennsylvania, you're allowed to hunt at the age of twelve. I think twelve is a, a good age. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't really see that there should be an age limit on it if your parents are with you. You know, whatever. You're giving me some weird vibes here. You're like, I don't like hunting, but there should be no age limit. I mean, what does it matter? I think there should be a maximum age limit because on <laughs> opening day, there's some scary people coming in the store to buy ammo. I think you have to be like, if you're beyond seventy, you should not be in the woods hunting. You're just a danger. Yeah, like Dick Cheney. Those old Italian guys, they'll just they'll they'll shoot at anything that moves. They hear something rustle in the bushes and they're they're shooting at it. Yeah. And they're like, I saw it, I saw it a bigger bucket. <laughs> it came out of here, and I said, I don't know, this gun's all messed up. <laughs> I don't know if I uh, cut you off, John, and you were talking about your dad. Yeah, uh, so my dad was in the military, and uh, he had a lot of guns in the home, and we you know from. From the age I can all the way back to when I can remember, I was taught about gun safety. I was taught to never, I was never permitted to walk into my parents' bedroom unless they were with me. 
And so those boundaries were sent uh, or is set. And, and I was taught about guns. I was taught how to load guns and unload guns, how to take apart guns. Um, I knew that uh, I knew that guns, you, they kill people, you know, or well, stupid people with guns kill people. Guns don't kill people. But uh, the point is, is that uh, I was educated from a very young age about the safety of guns. And I was, uh, you know, and, and so that when it was time to naturally progress into hunting, I was already very familiar with the gun that I was going to be using. I'd shot it hundreds of times before I ever went into the woods to actually shoot at an animal. And, uh, so you have to, you know, there's, you just have to be smart about it. I don't recommend some, uh, city dude, he wakes up or he maybe he listens to this podcast and goes oh gee maybe i should go hunting i'll go check it out and then he goes out and he buys a 30 30 or he you know a, a 30 at six and walks into the woods and kills you know kills a hunter because he's stupid you have to be educated you've got to be smart about it and that's something that you need to raise your kids you know from a very young age that's my thought honestly i agree uh i think from my personal view, I think firearm safety is paramount. And if it were up to me, regardless of anybody's political or how they feel about guns, I think gun safety should be taught in middle school. I think teaching people how to identify if a gun is loaded or unloaded, and if it is how to load it or unload it, and that's it, could only benefit people. You know what I mean? It gets people exposure and it's just safer for everybody. There's a hundred million guns in the United States. At some point you will run into a gun and it's on you to be able to figure out how to safely handle it and figure out whether it's loaded or unloaded. And if it is loaded, how to properly unload. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's, I know it'll never happen, but I, I can't see a reason why they haven't implemented that to at least a cursory knowledge of firearms because, Hey, you may have one one day or you may run into one. Seems like a smart thing that more schools should be doing, but you know, it's 2020 and nobody's going to do that. Yeah. Just because it was on my mind. Well, I think the word gun triggers a lot of people, especially on the left. You know, they hear the word gun and uh, they want to go hide in their safe place and cry for a half hour. Yeah. And that's just lack of understanding. That's lack of education. And uh, it's just, it's nonsense. Yeah. It, it, I mean, and I think that's where a lot of people, I think I, when you were talking, babe, I was thinking about that because I think a lot of teaching gun safety would help a little bit because you'd have a lot less people just being afraid of it. You know what I mean? There's Absolutely. no point in being afraid of something like that, that you can have control over. But I was also thinking about like uh, your niece and how she's like five or maybe six now, but she found out Brian worked at a gun store and she didn't understand why she was like, guns are bad. And I'm like, no, not always. She's like, they kill people. Like she's six. Like who taught her that? guns were evil you know what i mean like that's really young to like be afraid of something or think something's bad that's just an inanimate object so yeah i agree with you then i think it should be taught but this is not a gun debate so <laughs> what's your next question <laughs> my next question is do you ever so you were talking about how some people um can't really handle the feelings um or, you know, the reality of what they're doing when they're hunting. So they either don't or they hunt once and they're done with it. Have you ever felt guilty or had that kind of experience when you were hunting an animal? I did. That's a great question. Actually, after uh, 
I killed my one and only buck. I did. I felt terrible about it. I, I'm the type of person um, that, like, if I have to put a, a mouse uh, trap out and it kills a mouse, I it just bothers me. It bothers me to take a life. But at the same time, I know that if it gets to the point where I have to hunt to survive, I know that I have the skills and the ability to do that. I would, I wouldn't feel bad at all if it, you know, if it came down between my family and Bambi, I'm, I'm killing Bambi all day long. Uh, so I, yeah, I did feel bad. Uh, my brother did teach me that day how to actually uh, gut the deer and skin the deer and hang the deer and uh, get it prepped for the butcher and all that type of stuff. So it's a skill that I do have and it's, I'm glad I have it. It's just not something that um, it's not a something that I'm passionate about, I guess. And, uh, you know, so um, I felt bad about it. I still have the rack. I still it's, it was a little uh, a little four point. It was a very small deer, so I didn't bother to pay to get to have it mounted. But I do have the rack uh, just as a kind of a, a token of my, you know, of memory for memory. So, uh, you know. I hope I answered your question. Yeah, I think you answered the question. I have bet. you ever have you ever felt bad about anything you killed? Yeah. Ever all of it? What do you mean? Like when you kill a bug, do you feel bad about it? Oh no, fuck them bugs. <laughs> I don't give a damn. Um, but like if I run over like a squirrel or something or a chipmunk, I I hit that deer with my car and I well technically that deer hit me, but um I still feel really bad about no, that. No, that deer, that deer's fine. It probably went to live upstate. That deer is dead. No, dude. it went to live at a farm somewhere. My dad has pictures of it. It was a huge deer, and it's dead. It was well, a big one. You hope- killed you killed more deer than most hunters I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, on the other hand, I have never felt bad about killing anything ever. I might be a psychopath. Yeah. It's like when my cat was real sick and I offered to kill it for my family and they were like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, but it's dying. And they're like, why do you want to shoot the cat? I'm like, look at it. It's like amazing. It's dying. It's, it'll be dead tomorrow. The only thing you killed is those like groundhogs, right? I've killed a bunch of things. So the psychopath. I guess. <laughs> That's how Jeffrey Dahmer started. Yeah, exactly. I've killed, I don't know. We're going to have to have a talk after this. Apparently so. (laughs) This is news to me. So two more questions. Where do you, where would you draw the line between like a pet and food? Like what would you consider? Like, is there anything you would consider not killing? And we're not talking in apocalypse scenario. So not end times. No, just like in general, um, even if not you personally, but something that somebody would hunt and you would be like, eh, no. You know what I mean? Do you understand the question, John? Yeah, I know. I understand. You know, I really don't think, I don't think there's anything off limits. I, I Nothing comes to mind um, because I think it's cultural. You know, I think uh, sometimes we, we live in our own little bubbles. So we think, you know, we, we think that our cats or our dogs or, you know, are off limits. Uh, but then if you think outside that culture, you know, you go to India, they won't kill a cow, but they'll eat a dog, you know, in a blink of an eye. I think they're just animals. I think, uh, I think oftentimes we, we humanize animals because of television shows and cartoons and things like that, that we grew up with as a kid. But, uh, my logical side tells me that if I'm hungry 
that I'm going to eat anything. So why would I not feel the same way about someone else in another culture? Now, I, do I think it's smart uh, to eat bats? You know, it's probably not smart, but I don't think, I, I think if you're starving and, and you're in China and that's what you have, and it's between a bat and starvation, I think you're going to eat a bat. This is how viruses start. Um, I, I just, I don't think, you know, it, yeah, exactly right. You know, you're exactly right. Uh, so the, so they say anyway, <laughs> uh, but uh, I just think that uh, people are hungry. People are hungry. I mean, over in North Korea, do, do I believe in uh, cannibalism? No. So that's where I draw the line at people. But at the same time, Currently, over in North Carolina or North Korea, not North Carolina. Don't get me wrong. North Korea, uh, there are people that are eating people to survive, and there were people in uh, in Stalin's Russia that ate people to survive, um, and there are um, there are people that were even our people that were crossing the mountains over in Nevada into California, you know, above uh, Lake Tahoe there that got stuck in the snow and f- almost froze to death. And the Donner those, party. You know, they had to eat each other to survive into the, the next summer. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, we saw that movie Alive where the plane went down, that soccer team. Uh, it went down in the Andes or the Indies. I always get the the Andes. Confused, but they went down and uh, in order to survive in the Andes, they had to eat. You know, you know, so if I was in that situation, I can't, I don't know what I would do. But, uh, if you're if you've got a a cat, little kitty cat sitting in the room or you got another person, I'm going to eat the cat first. I draw the line at cannibalism. That's so funny that you say that cuz I would much rather like eat a person than my cat. I don't think so. People don't taste very good. I doubt my cat tastes very good. Uh your 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 cat will <laughs> taste good with the right seasoning. Whatever. First of all, my cat's loyalty is far beyond the loyalty I'm going to get from a person. So for all those people out there who are like hunting's bad, the animals are precious and we shouldn't eat them. If the roles were reversed, those animals would eat you in a heartbeat. If I died tomorrow and my cat was hungry, my cat would eat my dead fleshy body tomorrow and not even think twice about it. (laughs) True. But here's the difference. People are not innocent. Animals are innocent. Animals are not innocent. Animals are absolutely innocent. (laughs) People are awful and sinful and I would, I would just feel less bad about eating a person. Look at our cat. Our cat a is a dick. Baby. Yeah, but he's so sweet. He's just innocent. He's not. He's a dick. He's a. He's just a cat. It's a miracle we haven't eaten him already. No, my God. If our cat was evil, I would have no problem eating him. But he's if a we good had boy. named our cat General So, I would have had. A, I would have taken a bite already. Oh my God. <laughs> That's a good name for a cat. Oh my, General So. Uh, poo poo platter. <laughs> While we're on the topic of poo poo platter, <laughs> number one. <laughs> number one. I like number one. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So while we're on the topic of eating, is there? I mean, it's kind of the same question about things that you wouldn't hunt or eat. But I mean, I guess I'm curious. We'll just talk about eating. Is there anything besides people that uh, you wouldn't eat? And again, not talking about like end times, but just like. If someone's like, oh, I got this alligator jerky, like, you know, things like that. Is there any kind of exotic animal that you would not be down to to eat? It's probably a ton. I mean, within reason, obviously. Like the things that people eat. 
Oh no, I I would I would eat jerky of any type without a doubt. Mm. I don't know if I would eat. Yeah, I wouldn't eat frogs. Not I mean, you know, not today. If I was starving, I'd eat a frog. But uh, you know, normal life, I wouldn't eat a frog. I don't eat liver. You could, uh, I could be starving. I would probably die before <laughs> I ate liver. And uh, I don't know. That's I, I don't think I would eat pig's feet either. I just can't. I can't handle the I pig's feet. You. My grandmother ate pickled pig's feet, <laughs> and I just no. Oh. Gross. Yeah, I would eat. I Gross. would definitely eat frog. It all depends on if somebody prepared, like somebody who knows how to prepare it. I would never pick up a frog, rib it, rib it, and then smash it, and then like nom nom nom. I would never do that. Right. right. If somebody's like, "Have you ever had? Uh, have you ever had? You know, frog's legs?" I'm like, "No." They're like, "Let me make you some," and they prepare them. Yeah, I'd eat that. Yeah. I would, on principle, not eat pigs' feet because pigs are filthy animals. And that is the filthiest part of the filthiest animal. And I don't want to eat that. I don't care how much you wash it. So um, that's just a personal choice. If you're out there and you eat pig's feet, God bless you. Whatever you like. What about long pig feet? What? Long pig feet. Uh, still pig feet. Long pig. I Oh, long pig. Hmm. No, I would not eat long <laughs> pig feet. Um, on principle, I wouldn't eat skunk because I can't imagine it tastes good. Plus, I would never shoot a skunk. Because they're just no. We're talking about people preparing this for you. <laughs> I don't, I I'm telling you. If somebody said, "Would you like some skunk?" I'd say, "No, thank you." Mm-hmm. I would rather I'll go to Burger King. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, I would eat you know elk. I would eat gator. I would eat. I'd eat anything really. Yeah. As I long as it's not a disgusting animal. Well, you know, I've never been much of a meat eater anyway, so I don't think I would eat anything exotic. I mean, I draw the line at like farm animals. Right. I, I've never even had duck or venison or anything like that, just because I just, uh, I'd rather, if if it's between like duck and nothing, I'll just eat nothing. Like, I don't, I'd rather not. No. Duck tastes good. Like he was, uh, John was talking about liver. Liver is delicious. It's just a very rich flavor. It's a very. Very fatty, right? Liver? Not unless the deer was an alcoholic. Mm. I just thought liver processed stuff like that. No. Isn't that what um uh frog Yeah, there's no fat on okay. liver. There's something um what is it called? It's like fa foie gras, foie gras. It's something French. Foie Do you know what I'm talking about, John? No, I'm not uh Never been to France. Don't think I'd ever go, even <laughs> if you gave me a free. We have things to say? in common. Foie gras. Yeah, something like that. It's basically they take like a geese. Oh yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and they like they make its liver all like they like force feed it. They like feed it to the point of like just discomfort, and then they like tie its mouth shut so it can't throw it up, and then it just like marinates and it's like over fatness and then they like kill it and it's they serve you the liver it's like fatty liver i feel like that's probably what it what it stands for in french i don't know but Mm. that's why i thought fatty not alcoholic so that was a long explanation but what kind of random books do you read books Mm. what are you talking about this is why nobody likes the french nobody i don't even think french people like french people yeah, I would never eat French food, knowing that. And their women have hairy legs and hairy armpits. And... <laughs> it's food like this that, that made them lose both world wars. You can't sustain yourself off like snails and fat geese livers. 
I agree with that. I like French fries. Oh, yeah. French toast. (laughs) (laughs) I like French maids. (laughs) All right. What's your next question? That was it. That was it? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I think think we hit on everything I wanted to hit on, and I definitely have, like, a greater understanding for it. Um, You know, I definitely had some preconceived notions uh, about maybe hunters, and I know nothing that I had preconceived was you know, I would, it was just a generalization. It wasn't something that I thought applied to everybody because I don't think, I don't think like that. Obviously there's always exceptions to the rules, but I guess I just had this very stereotypical, like hunter, you know, Elmer fun. Yeah. No, like rednecks and their, their camo. And then they're like going out with their like Paps blue ribbon or their Bud Light or whatever. And they're like getting drunk in a stand and then they're like shooting deer. And then they're like, you know, like no babe those are southern hunters (laughs) i suppose and they're just like really excited (laughs) no but that's how that's how the media portrays Mm -hmm. us yeah media is garbage right yeah honestly it's it's unfair yeah it is unfair well i appreciate uh you guys having me on your show yeah of course thank you for for your time and sharing all your uh your insight it was a very fun conversation and I like that we got to use your radio voice. I think our listeners are going to like it. Absolutely. You have a golden voice. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And I really did enjoy I wasn't sure if I was getting myself into like uh, an extremely left-wing liberal like nightmare. I wasn't sure what to expect. But, uh, you know, I believe what I believe and uh, I'm okay with that. I just don't want other people telling me what I have to believe and what I have to do. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what to do. You know, if you want to, I don't know what liberals do, uh, sit around and smoke weed or whatever they do, but that's not my style. And, uh, I'm not going to tell you not to do it. You know, I'm, I just want to be left alone and, uh, kind of do my thing. I guess I'm a libertarian in that respect, but, uh, yeah, you guys are great. I really appreciate it. You sir sound like a true American and it has been a pleasure having a conversation with you. All right, guys. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. If you like John, if you like John, you can check out his check out podcast. Podcast in the description. If you like this episode, if you like this don't episode, don't forget to share it with a friend. As always, as always. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We love you. We love we'll you. And we'll time. see you next time. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Domestic Debates. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend. If you like this podcast and want to help us keep doing it, consider becoming a patron today on Patreon. Link in the description. You can connect with us on social media. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. There, you can tell us what you thought of this week's episode, tell us what you'd like to hear us cover next, Find resources and cited sources, and stay up to date on all our latest episodes. This has been Domestic Debates. Until next time.